0: Seinfeld, the little Jerry is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld. The post show recap, a podcast about nothing, and now here are the two guys who are bringing you cage free, farm fresh podcasts week after week. I'm Rob and He's a Kiva, Kiva, How are you?
1: Yeah, that's. My, I guess that would be your intro. I was you thinking maybe like that. Yeah, I thought it would be like either or the opposite, where like we're both from. Uh, you know the the like the the sweatshop eggs
0: yes okay i avoided uh, any cockfight references i felt like that that was a more prudent way to go
1: yeah i thought you might like if you were a little bit uh i don't want to say edgier cuz that makes it sound like you're not edgy but mm-hmm. Um, If you're a little bit edgy, you might go for like two guys who are undefeated in cockfighting or winless,
0: winless is probably better. (laughs) All right, Keith, here we are to talk about one of the wackier Seinfeld episodes. I think that we have gotten to yet where we get the gang really caught up in a cockfighting ring after Kramer adopts what he thinks what he believes to be a hen, which turns out to be. A rooster
1: yeah it, it's definitely i don't know if it's like one of the bottom five like least believable episodes because there's nothing there's not one thing that's like oh that's the most impossible thing i've ever seen in the series but there's like a whole slew of things that are improbable
0: yeah i mean jerry going to a cockfight is uh pretty high up on the list <laughs> at three thirty a.m right <laughs> right. Jerry being like really invested in the training of a, a rooster to be in a cockfighting ring. Uh, it does seem a bit out there, but uh, we're going to go there today and uh, talk about George is also uh, dating a woman who's in prison and Elaine dating a guy who is balding as uh, he learns when he starts to let his hair grow back in. So, uh, Keeve, how you doing this week?
1: I'm doing great. This is like the 40th podcast I've done this week. So yeah. Uh, you know, I, I need a podcast vacation after this. When's President's Day weekend?
0: Uh, I think it's gonna you're gonna extend it this year, I think. <laughs> well, really the
1: Super Bowl, if you had like a the national holiday the day after the Super Bowl, like people have been talking about for years, that would be very key next week.
0: Okay. Well, sorry, Keith, that there's no uh day off for you to rest up after all of the podcasts that you volunteered to take on. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah. I'm my own worst enemy, I guess, with this podcast. <laughs> yeah all right well we'll go through the full rundown at the end of the show of uh what you've been working on how's your wife handling all the podcasting you're doing Is she happier that you're not around i kind of try and do
1: it when she's asleep so she doesn't know oh wow okay like at night because then it's
0: like if you get if you
1: pump out one when she's not up or she does or she's out of the house or something then she'll be like wow you did three podcasts this week and i'll be like yep three instead of two when it's really five
0: (laughs) okay so she really has no idea about just the sheer number of podcasts you've done also
1: no although she may have just heard me say that okay you know the door is pretty thin between this room and and, (laughs)
0: i'll keep it on the dl all right so keeve do we have any seinfeld news to get into this week uh not really Uh,
1: I'm sure Jerry made some political comment, but we could skip it.
0: Oh, really? I think that he's been pretty quiet during uh, this whole situation. Why? Do you sense that he was talking politics?
1: Well, he said um, he he posted the first comedians in cars getting coffee of the of this new season with Louis Black, and he said Black's life matters. And some people didn't like that. Yeah. okay, but there's so much that the news cycle. Is so fast and furious right now mm-hmm. that like, unless you do something really egregious, like people forget about it within 30 minutes.
0: Yeah. I think that that's uh really, things are just getting uh, faster and faster. But if you do one, the thing that everybody really hangs on to uh, that, they'll talk about that for a day.
1: Yeah. People try to get fired or something, but yeah, if you like if anybody needs to dump some news on something right, on, about yourself or right now, like wait for some scandal to hit and like do it that second. <laughs>
0: just have it sitting right there. Okay uh keith let's get into talking about uh the little jerry uh this episode is written by jennifer crittenden
1: uh yeah uh have we seen crittenden before i don't even remember
0: looks like a unfamiliar name to me uh from january 9th 1997 is this the first new seinfeld of 97 is this our first uh dipping our toe into 1997
1: uh yeah this was like the closest we've ever been to um to like the actual date that that you know we're recording versus the show aired
0: yeah well i think we're probably going to get closer here we're recording this on uh february 1st so i think that uh, if we have some episodes in the next couple of weeks i think we might be able to nail it
1: yeah i think uh, when they skip a week in two weeks that's the closest we'll ever get
0: okay wow wow well, that one day imagine if, if we ever we were... hit
1: like the real the right day truly that would be like you know i mean it would
0: actually be nothing but it'd be time to just it. quit we won't even get to the end of the run okay so uh little Jerry and uh, we open up where Elaine and Jerry are waiting for George. And they're talking about how Elaine was supposed to meet Jerry or she was supposed to meet up with Jerry. And so she didn't call him again, pre-cell phone era, that she didn't show up after five minutes. Jerry left.
1: Uh, yeah, he is th- right. The rule is the longer you've been friends with somebody the faster you can leave.
0: Yes, I guess cuz you can make it up because they waited about 40 minutes for somebody that they barely knew and he explains the rule to her. Is that still a thing? Like how long can you leave when you don't hear from somebody, no text back, no call answer? What's the rule now? You're so you're
1: waiting on the corner for somebody?
0: Yeah, you're supposed to meet somebody somewhere. Are you waiting mm-hmm. longer now or shorter now?
1: Yeah, so you text, you call, no answer. God forbid you call. Did yeah. I tell you my uh, amazing accomplishment? My wife was checking our phone bill for December, and she said I spent seven minutes on the phone in December. Yes. Uh, how many minutes? Seven minutes total, the whole month. That's you. Yeah, that's amazing. How many calls is that? I, I I'm probably like thirty-five calls of each two seconds. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's not a lot of calls. It's probably yeah. ten ten calls. Yeah, that's pretty good. Ten calls in seven minutes. Well, I don't. Or is I don't know. I didn't even check. But maybe each call is like minimum minute. I don't know. who actually checks minutes i don't we don't pay per minute she just happened to notice how little i use the phone i think she wants to cancel it on me one month and just see if i notice
0: okay and was she proud of you or was she making fun of you it
1: it was kind of amazing she was like amazed but um i mean i don't know if she cared like if she needs me she'll she actually emails me i don't even have my phone on (laughs) yeah if my wife needs me she emails
0: okay so jerry and elaine are waiting for george uh they told him uh 10 minutes, it's been about five, they just leave, they walk away, George shows up, he thinks he's early.
1: Yeah, I mean, they don't, again, like most first scenes in the season, they don't have any sort of, uh, you know, it doesn't really, you know, especially relate to the rest of the episode, so there's no fallout from this, but, um, you know, George is, uh, I, you know, he's in that era, George is probably waiting a half hour for them. Yeah, he thinks he's early. Right. By the time like it's on time now, I'm five minutes late, 10 minutes late. Like it's a half hour before he realizes, oh, they're never showing up.
0: OK, so we go to Monks. We see Jerry and Kramer, I guess, having breakfast. I guess he could order eggs any time of the day at Monks, probably. Right.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, di- uh, diners are usually all day breakfast. Right. Yeah. At least some of them.
0: Keeve, have we talked about this? Are you a big like a uh, breakfast for dinner guy? Would you eat eggs any time of day? I I I would need to have a massive
1: lunch to even consider it.
0: Hmm. So this would be like a light dinner. You go breakfast food.
1: If my if I had a big lunch and my wife was like, you know, I'm really tired. I just want to like, you know, make eggs for the kids like you okay having an egg. I'd be pretty disappointed. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't be like, no, I need
0: like a whole. What about in myself. a restaurant?
1: I wouldn't go out to eat at night and order eggs. OK, I might do breakfast for lunch, but I wouldn't do breakfast for dinner.
0: Yeah, um, I'd consider it. I'd consider it in the right circumstances. I'm not totally out on it. So we don't know if that's what Kramer is doing here. But so he and Jerry are eating, and Kramer says, Hey, I was in the bodega. I noticed you bounced a check at the bodega. They hung it up to shame you. So many questions, Keeve. Where do I begin? Where do you begin? Let, let's go over them. Okay. So Jerry Seinfeld is buying, we see later in the episode, $40 worth of something at the bodega. What did Jerry spend $40 even on at the bodega?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, right? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I mean, what, what about beer? Could it be beer? Could it be beer? like you had a, Jerry bought
0: $40 over? worth of beer at the bodega?
1: <laughs> I mean, if you're buying a decent beer, like $40 doesn't get you that much beer. Okay. Two, Jerry wrote a check at the bodega. <laughs> I mean, he's a small wallet guy. He might not carry a lot of cash. Let's say he only had 30 bucks on him.
0: (laughs) There was something he needed so badly at the bodega that cost $40. He did not have the money on him and he paid in check at the bodega. And three, Jerry Seinfeld, that we've talked so much about how much money he has in his bank account that he bought his parents a car when he's like doing a weekend of stand up. And Elaine wanted to get with him just because he earned so much money. And his check for $40 is bouncing, Keeve?
1: Okay, so now, I was a little tired this week. I didn't really think about this, but it's never explained why his check bounces, right?
0: hmm I mean, they sort of, like, are doing this thing here in season eight where, oh, you know, you are jealous of little Jerry because you're a has-been. Your career is going bad. Uh, we saw in the episode uh, a couple of weeks ago with uh, Elaine and had, with their boyfriend that had the dressers that he thinks Jerry is really down on his luck and that his career isn't going well. So I don't know if that's just sort of like a running gag that Seinfeld is so successful that they decided to make show Jerry sort of like down on his luck this season. But th- those things are just really... Why did Jerry spend $40 in a bodega? Why is Jerry writing a check in a bodega? And why is Jerry's check for $40 bouncing? I mean... the they really need to
1: do a better job of explaining why the check bounces. I didn't think about that cause I'm dumb right now, but th- <laughs> it, it makes no sense. Like that, that is really crazy. Like I wrote it from the wrong account. That's a totally reasonable, you know, reason for the check to have bounced. Right? Like I, I you know, I have two accounts and one, I don't really update anymore. I moved everything from chase over to, you know, Citibank. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense that they don't explain it. Right?
0: Yeah. It's weird. The whole yeah. thing is, is really bizarre. So <laughs> George comes in, uh, he also uh, noticed the bounce check displayed at the bodega, but he's having a great day, Keith.
1: Uh yeah, no he's not bouncing any checks, George.
0: No, he had some apple skin in his teeth that he finally knocked out. The foundation made a large donation to a women's prison and he has to go there and deliver the check. Um like why is
1: a charity supporting a women's prison?
0: I think it's just like a noble cause, I guess.
1: Okay. Okay. I mean, I guess they were support- supporting the library, right? It's not like they're like giving everyone a shiv.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not. Tr- they're trying to support, you know, something good there. I don't think they're like up to no good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here comes Elaine with her boyfriend Kurt, who uh, is played by John Michael Higgins. Do you have any favorite John Michael Higgins roles, Keith?
1: No, people like emailed in. They're like, "Wow, this is John Michael Higgins. I never heard of him."
0: Yeah. Uh, He's in a lot of things. I used to watch him on uh, Kath and Kim. Do you remember that show?
1: Remind me. It sounds familiar,
0: but. Uh, It was on, I believe it was uh, Molly Shannon and uh, actually, yeah, my current SNL star, uh, Mikey Day, was uh, one of the cast members on that. Uh, Selma Blair and Molly Shannon were the leads. It was like a uh, must see TV show that ran about a season. And then uh, got canceled.
1: Okay. It looks familiar. Yeah. yeah. it looks familiar.
0: So, um yeah, he was the husband of, he's in a million different things. I mean, look at his uh filmography.
1: He's inside on Ally McBeal wow. and uh rest of the development, but he's not he's never the star of anything.
0: Yeah, I feel like he does a lot of commercial work also. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, he does
1: not really ring a bell to me.
0: Yeah. But almost anything that you could ever think of, like he's in it and uh, he's always like doing like uh, improv comedy uh, type shows. I feel like he's in like a lot of the Christopher Guest stuff.
1: OK, he you know, he plays a doctor a, a lot later in his career.
0: Yes. OK, so here he is. Uh, he is Elaine's boyfriend and uh, he looks a lot bigger in uh, this version of him than he would go on to be later on in his career. Like fatter? No, but like, he looks like kind of built.
1: OK, maybe compare it, maybe like the rest of the cast other than Michael is kind of short.
0: Yeah. And so uh, Kramer is eating these eggs. He says they're terrible. Uh, taste taste these eggs. And Kurt says that he only eats cage free farm fresh eggs. Right. Which gets like a what are you an alien
1: from the uh, future from the rest of the table?
0: Mm-hmm. It would
1: be a perfectly reasonable thing. Like they're almost predicting the future. Well, for the first time in this episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Kramer is disgusted. He walks away, uh, seemingly does not pay his uh, bill either.
1: Well, I feel like it's not the first time he's left the other three to pay for his food at Monk's.
0: Yeah. So Kurt walks away and Elaine talks about how great he is. That's when Jerry asks her, is he from the future? And he shaves his head because uh, he likes how it looks. He did it for his swim team. Lane says that that's guts.
1: What kind of swim team? Was he in the Olympics? Like, was that in college and he never stopped and it's 20 years later?
0: I don't know. I don't think it was uh, for the Olympics. I mean, I don't think it was for college because, I mean, the guy is probably in his 30s. And he says that the last time he had hair was three years ago. So if he shaved it for a swim team, I think he's just on some sort of like recreational swim team. I didn't know they had like adult swim team. No, I didn't either. I Maybe is it some sort of like intramural? Relay team.
1: Yeah. What do they do? Like New York sports clubs goes up, goes up against like gold's gym.
0: (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) And then Elaine also has seen the check at the bodega and is cracking up. Hey, did you see at the bodega? Some moron bounced the clown check. Now, if Elaine is being cutesy and knows it's Jerry's check and is sort of like busting his balls. This is very funny. If Elaine doesn't realize that it's Jerry's check, this is one of the most random things to ever be brought up in a conversation.
1: Yes. And again, this bodega, which is never mentioned before or after, is clearly, uh, you know, uh, frequented by all four of the gang for her to mention that and just like say the bodega and for them to know what they're talking about. Um, but unfortunately for you, she clearly didn't know it was Jerry or else she would have at least like made eye contact with him or you know, said like, uh, Jerry, why'd you bounce the check? Like, I want, you know, she, she would have wanted a follow up. Why is Jerry Sunfield bouncing a $40 check at a bodega?
0: Is this such a hilarious social faux pas that every member in the gang is commenting on it where, okay, I get it. If it's like, hey, did you see they're hanging up one of your checks in the bodega? But for Elaine to talk about like, hey, did you catch this? This is the funniest thing. This bodega, they hung up a picture of a check that bounced. Oh my God. So good so funny it is it
1: is sort of a very i mean we you know we revel in the minutiae here but like they you know of, of the four characters but like this is something that they really does not need to be said yeah i don't think elaine realized it was jerry's but how do you not realize like it's a clown check the name is right there like if you're once you're looking at the check doesn't the curiosity at least like you know Im, you know <laughs> compel you to look at the name
0: right right the person that elaine spends you know 30 percent of her time with uh bounces this check she doesn't realize it Keeve, nowadays, you can never get away with that. I mean, the identity fraud would be rampant. What, if you left
1: the check out like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, couldn't people just like scan or, or like uh, take a picture of the check and then use it and like uh, set up all sorts of like debits online? Well, so the check
1: is like right there. You could literally grab it and run out.
0: Yeah. Well, there's no money in the account. No, but
1: I mean, you could grab your own check and run out.
0: Oh, yeah. So Jerry should run off. I mean that uh, this guy does seem like a pretty tough customer. I don't know if he really want to piss off uh, Marcelino.
1: Yeah, Marcelino's connected. I guess don't take his back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he runs a big uh, (laughs) cockfighting ring. All right, so uh, let's uh, talk about Jerry's encounter with Marcelino. Jerry uh, says, look, I'm very sorry about this. Here's $40 cash. Here's an extra $20 to make up for it. Jerry you know, seems like he's good for it. It doesn't seem like he's like, oh, I'm really going to be, you know, short of money if I give you the $60. But Marcelino still will not take down the check.
1: Listen, a policy is a policy. You can't make exceptions for people.
0: Even Marcelino can't change the policy.
1: If we know anything about Marcelino, it's that he's a rules follower.
0: <laughs> All right. So we go and see George at the women's uh, penitentiary, it's a low security facility. George is really turned on about the idea of all of these uh, women in prison. Keeve, is this something that you could identify with? Do you, have, do you share any of these thoughts that George has?
1: You know, prison is yeah. I never really found it interesting. It's a little too like grimy for me. Yeah, Um. I never really watched Oz regularly. I've never seen an episode of Orange is the New Black. It's just not something that really piques my interest. So no.
0: Not even women's prison. I mean, Orange is
1: the New Black is about a women's prison. I've never seen an episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, the idea of the women's prison uh, is not particularly interesting to me, but George is really infatuated with it. and He's actually annoyed that there's tennis courts. Uh, there's no yard. You ever throw anybody in the hole. So they take him to go see the library and uh, meet our librarian. And he starts hitting it off with this woman, Celia. And so... He's talking with her, and then he realizes that somebody walks by with the same clothes on that, oh, that you guys all, like, uh, plan your outfit, like, oh, it's the uniform, and he's like, you're in jail? That's so cool. Right, he
1: is acting like uh, like a kid who's like, oh my gosh, you guys are, like, the coolest. You went to jail? Um, I get it, it you know, there, there could definitely be cool people in jail, but I do believe it's a big faux pas to, like, lead with what are you in jail for? You're not supposed to tell anybody.
0: Yeah, that, so it's a faux pas for George.
1: Yeah. Like, they, I don't even know if they'd answer.
0: This is a, uh, you know, a pretty white collar facility. Maybe that, you know, faux pas is only for like violent crimes.
1: Maybe. But I still think like, uh, I don't know if anyone's ever been in jail, you could anonymously. Uh, Do we have a jail correspondent. We don't. Yeah. Or, you know, first of all, we could get it. Even if you're just a jail guard, you probably know the answer to this question.
0: So. Yeah. Well, we really need a jail correspondent as we uh, start to head into what? Like uh 30 weeks from now. That's right. So if you are a jail correspondent, that would be valuable for the stretch run. Okay. So we go back to Jerry's apartment. There's George. And, uh, he's talking about how he asked her out. Jerry is incredulous about this. Uh, the idea of asking out an inmate, um, you know, they, uh, end up saying about how this is so great. George, uh, doesn't have to take her anywhere. He likes being with her. There's no, uh, competition. Uh, Jerry brings up the idea of the conjugal visit and George says, don't even jinx it. Um, You know, I'm curious. Like, I know that there's a thing that
1: men in prison, even like death row, prison, you know, in there for life, have female admirers. Yes. But I don't know if it extends the other way where women in prison have male admirers. It wouldn't shock me, but I've never heard anything about it.
0: That any woman in prison? I mean,
1: I I think that It's common, because it's common for like, if you're a famous criminal, even if what you did was like truly abhorrent, uh you will you know you know sometimes if you're especially famous like you will get fan letters from female you know admirers but i don't know if it's the opposite if that works
0: well i'll tell you what what it is keeve Uh if the woman is attractive no matter what she did she will have male followers right fair enough but what if it's like a 60 year old lady like it's not it's not an attractive thing like
1: some of these guys you know some are attractive but you know, a famous serial killer who's 60 years old, isn't necessarily attractive, but they still have fans.
0: I think that while certainly not true for the majority of women, I think that, you know, uh, the idea of like moths to a flame, I think that uh, that there probably are eligible women who are attracted to the danger. They want to get close to the flame and no, oh, this guy is a real bad boy. I mean, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Yes, I love with the bad boys. Yeah, that's true. We And uh, are willing to overlook that. I'm not sure how many, you know, eligible guys that are going to say, OK, uh, this woman is, you know, a, you know, horrible criminal and, you know, not typically attractive. I don't know if the random guy, maybe. I, who knows? You know, people are weird. You know, humans are interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about what what women found and find attractive, so someone needs to write it <laughs> yeah, believe me, we're the last people
0: who know anything on this subject yeah, jail, what women like we're we're literally at a zero, <laughs> okay, so Kramer comes in, he starts loading stuff into Jerry's refrigerator after he gets everything in there. He asks, "Hey, can I put some stuff in your refrigerator uh there's some funny stuff that goes on between Jerry and George of that Jerry's about to ask him what he's doing. George says, uh, no, uh, may I? Uh, and he says, allow me. Uh, why? And Kramer says that, um, well, first, he doesn't have a refrigerator. Now, does, have we established Kramer with a refrigerator or not a refrigerator in these last couple seasons? I think if we really went back,
1: I think we'd find instances where it would. Be very difficult for Kramer not to at least have like a mini fridge.
0: I mean, he had the everything going on with um, the Price Club. And everything. you tell me he didn't have a refrigerator during that whole era.
1: Yeah. But what if he sold his refrigerator to like Bob Sacamano or somebody
0: mm. traded it? Yeah, uh, it's possible. I guess there could have been a refrigerator trade at some point. That is uh, certainly on the table. And so then uh, we find out that Kramer has gotten a chicken he wants uh cage-free farm fresh eggs of course like all Manhattan apartments just plenty of room for a chicken yeah i mean that this would actually become a thing i mean i remember there being like an SNL sketch about this where people in brooklyn are like have like roosters and hens like on the roofs of buildings
1: yeah it definitely exists nowadays it's not as crazy
0: yeah not as crazy but not in the apartment
1: um i mean you could have one i'm sure there either- there are 50 people in Manhattan and Brooklyn that have roosters in their apartment <laughs> every day. If you open up the New York Post, page eight is like lady found before alligators in her apartment <laughs> in the apartment is hoarders. People hoard animals also. Yeah.
0: So, all right. We see Elaine and Kurt and they're getting like some sort of a takeout or something and uh, they need Kurt's driver's license and Elaine sees his hair. Oh, my God. Look at this hair. And it turns out he shaved his head for the swim team. Elaine could be dating this guy with this hair. Uh they
1: don't they don't ever show the head of hair, but uh um, right. you could only you know be led to believe that it's quite quite the head of hair.
0: Yes. So Elaine is very excited about this. Uh we see Jerry waking up very early in the morning. The rooster is crowing. Jerry goes over to Kramer's apartment, to wants to know what's going on and meet little Jerry. Uh what an
1: honor that he names
0: his chicken after him. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly and guess what, Kramer? That's not a chicken. That's not a hen. It is a rooster. keeve
1: By the way, what are what? It's like the rankings for like. I'm honored that you named my pet after me.
0: Mm. Yeah, there's
1: a right. No, there's a right answer for number one. No question. What is it? Horse.
0: Oh yeah, it's like my
1: racehorse. It's like Rob Cisternino's in you know the third race at Santa Anita. Like that's that's a big one.
0: Yes. Um. My dog, of course, is named after a person, uh, Jose Reyes. I always wondered uh, if he would be flattered or insulted by uh, that. I've named this uh, Yorkshire Terrier after him. You know, celebrities
1: are usually flattered. I've never heard like uh, don't do it because they die after 12 or 15 years or whatever. Um, I would say horses one. Yeah. um, Probably dogs two, chickens three, cats four and goldfish five. You don't want to name your goldfish after someone because. The, you know, you're flushing those things sometimes after, like the day after your kid brings it home from some stupid fair.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so easy come, easy go with that stuff.
1: Yeah, you want to name the goldfish after someone you don't like? Mm, like what? Um, you know, like that who's your? If, that's who you don't like. That's what you don't like. Oh no, I name all my gold my kids' goldfish. I make them name it Alex or Chester. <laughs> Not Belichick. Oh yeah, I could do that's true. I would do like Jeter. I would do you know any any sort of Yankee, <laughs> Bernie Williams. It would be have to be like a guitar playing goldfish for that one.
0: <laughs> OK, so we see George with Celia in the prison and uh, that he has to, well, you know, break this up uh, that, you know, this is the end of his uh, time. I'll see you in four days. She'll be right here waiting for him. Again, this is the ideal situation. He knows where she is at all times. It does kind of sound amazing if you think about it like that. Yeah. I mean I guess so but I do think it's probably rather inconvenient to get to the jail all the time.
1: That's true. It's not like right, it's not like the jail's on their boys side. We don't I don't know exactly where it is, but it might be far away.
0: Yeah, it might be far away. You got I think there's like a lot of like a security pat down, metal detectors. There's a That's lot true. of
1: like procedure, I well, think. Well, this field doesn't have a lot of security pat downs or metal detectors since Perhaps not. And, and cigarettes to hurt in front of guards.
0: Yeah. Okay, we see Jerry on the phone with his parents. Uh, Uncle Leo has seen the bounce check, Keeve. Yeah, I don't think Cousin Jeffrey would ever bounce a check. No, and they want to send him money uh, for this. Now, next week, is this tied into this storyline? What, the money? Yeah. Yes, they
1: they sell the Cadillac for him. Okay, because he, because he
0: needs check. money. So this is like mm-hmm. an ongoing runner storyline here in season 8 Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, enough with the comedy, Jerry. Why don't you get that marketing job?
1: It is funny because they really nailed like what I'm sure every comic or every every ki- every kid has basically heard from their parents at some point. Uh, you know, like you know, my friend, you know, Marty Spiegelstein is you know he's looking to hire somebody. Or why don't you give him a call? Yeah, I feel like we've. Well, have you ever heard that? I'm sure you heard that sure. at some point when you were podcasting from a friend or a relative, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my dad. I was walking on the street with my dad two weeks ago. Yeah, he ran into like a very, very wealthy friend of his, and the guy hadn't seen me in like fifteen years. Okay, the first thing he said to me was like, "Weren't you supposed to be a sports writer?" Which was a weird thing to say because, for all he knows, I am. Like, he's not a sports fan. I might be like the number one (laughs) sports writer on earth. He just hasn't seen me since I was like fourteen. He would have heard something though. No, what would he have heard? He's he's up there in the clouds. He you know he doesn't he's not worried about what what you know rabbi lewis weeneker's dumb kid is doing he doesn't
0: care i think if you made it he would have heard okay i
1: could be like a middling sports writer at espn which was what i wanted to do when I was. you were the next
0: manish meta he would have heard what would you go to like trolls.com and (laughs) he would have heard the
1: person most likely to block me because i i just hate him so much Um, (laughs) i try not to troll like anybody on twitter but i'll Sometimes I'll correct if he says something wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but he didn't. know. He didn't know. And then so I don't. It was just the whole thing was weird. My dad's like, "Why don't you buy a magazine and have him write?" I'm like, "I don't even want to do that." Like that's this is this is like 1997. Why I buy a magazine? He was just like making a joke to this guy. He was like, "I don't know. Why don't you buy some magazine and he'll he'll edit
0: it for you oh, or something?" Yeah. Who said that? Your <laughs> dad you? said that. My dad said
1: that to his friend. Yeah. But it was just the whole thing was like it was it was just weird. But then my dad all the time was like uh literally we stopped a guy on the street uh six months ago my dad's very friendly he saw like and he knows everyone in the world so some guy he runs into him he's like oh this guy just opened a sports bar so i was talking about your uh dead spin article like what is this guy gonna do for me he owns a sports bar it's like well that's sports isn't it yeah I'm like, i don't even want to do anything in sports like what We you like he doesn't care like i seem totally not interested it was such a parent move so yeah this definitely rings true to me this idea of uh uh, Helen and Morty trying to sell him on going into like accounting or marketing here.
0: Mm -hmm, Right. That I, I can think we all can relate. I know that my mom and like anybody who works in like, uh, some facet of something that has to do with like, Oh, uh, you know, uh, so-and-so, uh, you know, what works at this network, maybe like, well, what, what what am I going to talk to them about? Are they your friend? Like how, like, hold, them yeah. and a lot
1: of times it's, it, when I did this like when I was graduating college like I'm a senior in college a lot of times it was like call this person and I would call them and be like uh, it, it, they would say like oh they'll give you a job or like they'll interview you and like they would lead with like just so you know we have no jobs open and I'm like what now I have to like sit on this phone call and pretend to be interested for 20 minutes even mm-hmm. though like they're, they're everyone's just looking to give you advice but no, and this is also when the economy was really bad in like 2008 or whatever Um, uh, but uh, yeah the I, I'm sure you had it worse than most because the career you show is at least at first is like a pretend job that certainly five years ago nobody had <laughs> mm-hmm. sure sure like now at least okay professional podcaster it's like people could believe it but five years ago it was just like probably totally absurd
0: well, let's say what is a podcast uh right. and, and most people say that uh as well so Keith, let's uh discuss this uh way this conversation ends. so uh Jerry's parents want to send him $50. We end up with sort of like a weird moment where they leave the phone off the hook and sort of like walk away. And Jerry's left on the line. Why? What's going on here? Why leave the phone off the hook in the story?
1: Oh, I have no idea. I guess. I, I guess they're just like, he doesn't want to hear them anymore.
0: They leave the phone off the hook.
1: Oh, they leave the phone off. the hook. They phone. like get oh, up and
0: walk away and start to fight. And Jerry's just left there with the phone. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I didn't even know. It. Okay. George walks in. And uh, they can go to the movies. Uh, Jerry thought he had a date, but no, the date's already over.
1: Well, I mean, but Jerry knows like that that Seal uh, is at pr- in prison, so I'm not sure why Jerry's so surprised here.
0: Yeah, I, I think that he thought that they were going to be gone for a-, a longer period of time. I guess
1: right, but how long do you have at prison? Like, there's very strict rules for how long you could visit for.
0: Maybe Jerry doesn't know exactly how long those visitations are. Maybe he's even okay. surprised how quick it is. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so Elaine comes in. This is also bizarre, Keeve. Elaine comes in carrying, is this Kurt's actual driver's license or a photocopy of his driver's license? Yeah,
1: some of the listeners thought it was a driver's license, but I'm pre- it looks like a, a piece of paper. It's a photocopy of the driver's license.
0: Okay, so a photocopy of the driver's license. What? Is that? She's photocopying his driver's license to walk around and show people, this is what my boyfriend looked like when he had hair? This is worse than George <laughs> with the picture going to like the model yeah. clubs. Also, like, think about
1: how hard it was then, like, just the idea that he would let her borrow the the license to, like, run out and photocopy it. Like, we've had whole episodes revolve around the idea that, like, getting photocopies are impossible in 1996.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Maybe it's a new
1: year. 97 photocopies are plentiful. You could just go to, like, the bodega. Maybe that's what Jerry spent 40 bucks on. He, like, photocopied a whole book or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Elaine talks about how important it is for a man to have uh, nice hair. You don't understand how important it is that a guy has good hair, and it really is. Again, Keeve, we are not the experts in any way, shape, or form as to uh, what... Oh, but you have
1: nice hair, at least.
0: Uh, well, let's not get carried away. You have hair, and now it's
1: all over your face.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I am growing a beard. Um, you know what? That I, I don't think I have nice hair, but my wife has been very mean to me in the past in terms of saying, like, if I was to, be, uh, to lose my hair, then uh, I would have to do something. She says, I have a, a, a ugly shaped head what, like do something like what get do Rogaine or wear a hat. What is she? Expecting? I'm not exactly sure. I mean, if you recall, longtime podcast listeners remember that my wife was uh, besides herself when I shaved my head after winning the first podcast award that we had on it. Like she was like really like hysterical crying that I <laughs> shaved my head at one point.
1: It's So, I mean, first of all, you shouldn't you shouldn't speak like that to me. Like, I'm I'm a balding man, uh, you know, who, you know, once had a full head of hair and that was probably like my best attribute back then. Mm -hmm. And now I you know, now I have very little hair and like, well, I'm not speaking to you
0: anyway. I'm just telling you what happened at my house. But my point is like, I,
1: I think that the lines are drawn between having hair at this point and not having hair. Like once you get into your mid 30s, late 30s, like as long as you have hair, it doesn't matter if it's like the best set of hair or or just regular you know mm-hmm. like anybody any bold guys trading with you even if you don't have like anthony Jeselnik hair you know
0: yeah <laughs> i i guess it is more important than we than we realized but i just thought my wife was being such a baby and i still think she's being way she really like blew it out of proportion like i didn't even like you know shave my head like kurt does like with a razor or anything like that was she
1: nervous it wasn't coming back Ever? yes
0: that's what she said she said if you cut it off it doesn't grow back i was like really is that how it works when you shave your legs you shave them and then the hair doesn't come back that's funny yeah if anything it, it comes back uh more full would you would you not be willing to do kurt? that no not for kurt
1: i mean but also he waited three years it was more of the you know just shaving it permanently yeah you know i don't know would you would you be willing to do that again um like if you started losing your hair would you just shave the full way
0: Uh, yeah i think that that's uh the move i wouldn't do like a comb over or anything like that and uh, you know if we reach that sort of like uh like uh, that red line i think then we say you know just i think i'd go like the matt lauer i do think like
1: if you think you're gonna be bald like i always thought i was gonna be bald they said they, what do they say, like your mother's father is, and I have no idea if that's scientific, but like my mother's father started Columbia day one, age 17, he was bald, basically. So I knew that I would probably be bald, and then I, w- I had hair for a while, and then I didn't. But I do think like if you are about to become bald, settle. Settle, because what do you mean? Because apparently mean? women only care about hair. Like, you know, if you're looking for like, you know, seven, a seven, then settle for like a five and a half. Because once you lose your hair, the five and a halfs aren't even available to you anymore.
0: Mm, yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably. Uh, I think I think you're on to something. Yeah. So, and
1: I, I can say that because I'm I'm like a balding man. Um, you know, it's not offensive. <laughs> I'm one of them. There's a lot more bald talk in Curb.
0: Yeah, Larry is gone from the show at this point. So, uh, I don't know who the uh bald correspondent on the writing staff is.
1: That's a good question. Probably not. Jennifer Crittenden.
0: Probably, probably not. But maybe <laughs> I guess she wrote the part about how important it is for the women. That's true. Yeah, that, that, this
1: does have like a women's touch to it. This script. That's true.
0: Yeah. OK, so Kramer is at the bodega talking to Marcelino and uh, he has the rooster with him. Uh, little Jerry Seinfeld and uh, that Marcelino's having a good laugh. Oh, little Jerry Seinfeld. Does he bounce checks too? and. Uh, Kramer does some funny business with, uh, holding the rooster upside down. Uh, but then a dog comes in and the rooster like attacks the dog. By the way, this is a good joke. What? With which one?
1: The, the, does Jerry, does little Jerry Seinfeld bounce checks too is a funny joke for Marcelino.
0: Yeah. It too job. funny
1: for a guy who's like not a comedian.
0: Too funny for Marcelino. I, I could see him doing it.
1: I guess. Yeah. He's got the old like wise guy. You of so you have to laugh because he's, he's a made man.
0: Yeah. Yes gotta laugh at anything uh marcelino is telling you
1: um but uh I, he's really so so rigid like his his deals are insane
0: yeah uh what about the 85 cent gum or no the- just about the, the
1: like not not getting rid of the check when like this is clearly like an important person in the cockfighting establishment
0: okay yeah um he is a uh, a big uh, macha in uh, the cockfighting industry. Oh my God,
1: Rob dropping some Yiddish. <laughs> too bad, uh, too bad, uh, Libby doesn't listen to this. She'd love
0: that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Marcelino's impressed. He's really he's like uh the ultimate cockfighting scout.
1: He really is. He's like um
0: the branch yeah, he, Ricky of cockfighting. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> yes. We won't say what uh, we won't say what little Jerry Seinfeld is. We won't give him an analogy. We won't call him the Jackie <laughs> Robinson.
0: <laughs> no, no. But he's like, OK, that. he needs to he needs to be in the big leagues. Little Jerry yeah, that's Seinfeld. Right. When you
1: see, uh, uh, you know, a rooster like that, you can uh, you know, like he's destined for big things.
0: Yeah. All right. So Elaine is uh, talking with Kurt and it's sort of like a weird scene where they're sort of like going through like his stubble and how impressive it is. And then Elaine's like, uh-oh, what's going on over here? Uh, I don't know how Kurt isn't able to look in the mirror and see what's going on, but uh, Elaine is very concerned about how he has uh, no hair at the top.
1: Yeah, I think there's a certain type of guy that never looks in the mirror.
0: Yeah. Um, but he doesn't even look at when he's growing his hair back? It's probably been years since I've seen a mirror. <laughs> yeah, but he's, like, doing an experiment. He's like, uh, oh, okay, well, let me grow my hair back for Elaine. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So... Elaine's upset so we see Jerry and Kramer and uh they're talking about how is uh Marcelino going to take down the check and uh only if little Jerry wins the cockfight. yeah
1: he's really first of all he's uh we're not supposed to say the uh the I word giver but he's really you know he's really you know went back on his word here
0: yeah he does a couple times and so Kramer doesn't seem to really know what cockfighting is. Uh, he knows it's illegal only in the United States, though. Right. Right. I, they,
1: I mean, I'm sure there are countries where it's legal. I mean, more, you know, the guy at the end of the episode is 68. No in Ecuador. So
0: is it illegal in the United Kingdom?
1: I'm going to say most what, you know, uh, Western countries cockfighting is illegal.
0: OK. And so, yeah. So he's breaking the bad news. Little Jerry could get hurt. Uh, that's our act break.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, well i'll look i'll i'll make a list of the countries where cockfighting is uh, <laughs> yeah, even know. It's illegal in all 50 oh it is illegal in every state but it's yeah. only a felony in 40. okay uh what about puerto rico i i would say it's probably illegal it's part of the united states right mm-hmm. um, i mean is it legal in the dominican republic i'm not sure i see an article on al jazeera.com that says in madagascar ca- cockfighting is a big business hmm. and i assume they mean the country Madagascar and not the, the movie animal friendly film because that would be insane to have. they may have two roosters get into an argument like a body pretty bananas for that movie to have like animals cockfighting other animals that would be insane I've never seen that movie but yeah it would be
0: weird yeah so Kramer, uh tells Jerry about how little Jerry won the fight that uh, that he just intimidated the other uh, chicken in the cockfight and I did like the line about how he said uh, he just got him to, uh, you know, run away in two seconds. And Jerry asked, well, how long does it normally last? It's about five seconds. That is a good line. Uh, just some breaking news here.
1: Oh, cockfighting remains legal in the unincorporated U.S. territories of Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands and some of those other countries. So, wh- wow, you were dead on. I don't know how you came up with that. But Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico, you're allowed to cockfight. I don't know how you knew that cockfighting is so big in Puerto Rico, but you knew.
0: I mean that I know that it's uh prevalent in a lot of like Latin American countries.
1: I mean, that's where it comes from, but I would assume most of them. It is a crime at this point.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe someday, maybe one day we'll see. Uh, so George comes in and he's depressed. She's getting out. She's going to be uh, up for parole. Yeah. The not if George can do anything about it. Yeah. So yeah, your
1: uh, break. <laughs> Stay in jail, please.
0: Okay. Uh, Elaine is with Kurt. Kurt is down on his luck. Keeve. Uh Kurt's letting himself go. I think we can relate to Kurt. Yeah, I like Kurt. <laughs> he hasn't showered. He has food on him.
1: Yeah, I've definitely gone to like uh, restaurants looking like Kurt did. Yeah. Stay in sweatshirt. Uh,
0: yes. He's in Costanza mode. Uh,
1: yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, he does. He looks like a giant George Costanza.
0: All right. So Jerry goes to the bodega now and uh, he sees Marcelino And he tells Marcelino that uh, he wants him to take the check down. And uh, Marcelino says he will if he can have little Jerry. I mean, it's weird because he says this and
1: it's like a one for one trade. But then it's referenced multiple times that he wants to buy little Jerry. Mm -hmm. So while here it's making it seem like he just wants it for the stupid check, you know, in a minute, Kramer's going to say he wants to buy it. So, like, maybe he would spend a few hundred bucks on it and then it would really be worth it.
0: Yeah and uh then jerry asks for a pack of juicy fruit which is 85 cents and uh jerry says uh now that's outrageous
1: yeah but again because this is an old show we have no real idea if that is outrageous that sounds like exactly what it would be now right like a dollar (laughs)
0: yeah it sounds outrageous for 1997 how much is a pack of juicy fruit uh According to, I don't even know if you could buy, can you buy a, a one pack of gum? Where do you, where do you, where do you buy that? A single pack. This is on Walmart.com. Yeah, at, at, a, at, a at a CVS, you could buy a pack of gum. Yeah. How much is it though?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't, like, I, I never just buy gum. My kids will go out and buy like 40 packs before we go on a flight.
0: Yeah. So it looks like on Walmart.com you can get this uh, thing of Juicy Fruit for 6.50. I don't know how much Juicy Fruit is in there. Yeah. Another Juicy um, Fruit thing. This is only 2.24. dollars okay. That's for we, three we, packs. Of juicy fruit
1: all right we need a different type of correspondent what we need a, someone who leaves their house correspondent a retail yeah <laughs> not that it doesn't have to be retail just someone who like goes into stores and doesn't yeah somebody who's like
0: home. uh you know out on the street yeah like literally stuff basically
1: anybody but us <laughs> um, like someone who's out of the street buying stuff exactly yeah. someone who goes into stores
0: <laughs> let us know what a pack of gum costs. yeah because <laughs> they don't have this gum at trader joe's where i go
1: no, and they don't have it in your in your like house where you usually don't leave.
0: Right? No, but I, I'm uh, Kev. I'm going to Trader Joe's twice a week now at this point.
1: Are you, well, are you all going to Trader Joe's twice a week because you're so nervous about your wife going there and spending like triple? Oh no! So I
0: believe Kev that she doesn't buy any groceries for me. Wait, you're in
1: like a separate grocery relationship?
0: Uh, pretty much.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's like weirder than the people who sleep in different rooms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> she does. She was. <laughs> I. I listen. I am, like, a completely uh, self-reliant person. She cooks dinner for you, though. You've she said does, that on she the does make, She does make dinner. I wouldn't say she cooks dinner for me, because if we didn't have kids, mm. it, there, there would just be, like, you know, nothing happening until I walked in the room and she would say to me what's for dinner. The only reason she cooks is because we have kids. Like, there was no uh, Nicole making a dinner before there were, like, offspring. Right.
1: But I mean, also, like, first of all, you should be more like me, because since my wife knows that I don't know how to cook, she would never say to me what's for dinner.
0: Yeah. Well, no, that and I ask my wife every single day what's for dinner just because that I, I'd like to ha- start the conversation because I know that if I don't like uh like get the ball rolling, you know, late, it'll be like six o'clock and she'll just tell me to start ordering pizzas.
1: Right. But my wife has also instructed me not to ask her this direct question. What's for dinner?
0: Because then she'll come out and be like, I haven't seen you since nine o'clock
1: or 11 o'clock. You've been working. And this is the first thing you said to me is what's for dinner all day. Yeah. (laughs) So it really bothers her. So I have direct orders not to say what's for dinner. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll like go into the kitchen when she's there and I'll kind of just like, you know, I'll move a pot around. I'll like put a pan away that's dry. um, And then I will just like, so what are you cooking over there?
0: Yeah. And again, I, I don't want this to come off as chauvinistic in any way, because if my oh, wife no. told I'm me, sure,
1: I'm sure it's too late. for uh, that. I'm yeah, sure it's
0: going. too late for that. But, uh, but I'm just saying that if, if my wife told me that, you know what, we're going out, you're on your own for dinner, you know, there's no problem. Mm-hmm. I would figure it out. Like I would never, I would never like go to bed crying and hungry. Like I would figure it out. I'm just trying to head off at the pass. The thing where she says to me at five o'clock, oh, uh, like uh i didn't think about uh dinner you just have to spend uh forty dollars on takeout
1: right actually last night my wife fell asleep like putting the kids to sleep and i um i woke her up which i rarely do i usually let her sleep she's pregnant i woke her up uh and then like she thought we had to discuss like we're booking flights um and she's like all right it's like okay let's talk about the flights i'm like i don't want to talk about the flights let's do that tomorrow like why'd you wake me? I'm like I didn't eat dinner, <laughs> so I really got her to bed because I it was like ten thirty and I had. <laughs> Did you make her cook something for you? Uh, first of all, make like I'm not wearing the pants in this house. Let's be fair. Okay, so you begged um, her to
0: cook something for you? I didn't beg.
1: I got her up because I knew she would want to get up. Like there was things she, you know, she didn't fall. Like <laughs> it wasn't like uh, I, I, was, I was asleep. Like brushed my teeth. It was like I fell asleep on the floor or in like one of the kids' beds. There's you know something because she was just exhausted. Um. <laughs> But but I got her up. I knew she would sort of want to get up. But I've also like not like had she made me dinner. There's no chance I would have woken her. Yeah. So so I sort of like yeah. I probably got in trouble for that one. But it, it, and in hindsight, like she just like heated up chicken soup or something for me. So probably wasn't worth waking her up.
0: <laughs> yeah. You even you could have done that.
1: Yeah. But I wasn't getting. I probably can, and I'm not sure. Like I know where the like how to turn on like the stove and stuff. But um, <laughs> I, w- I wasn't getting a full dinner at like 10:40 at night. By the time she
0: was like staring yeah all right uh Keith, what about laundry what's what's going on with the laundry situation at your house i don't know how to do it yeah see i, I also i 100 percent my own laundry
1: yeah you've said that before on the pod i think um but i will have to get mine together she won't she'll never just like i did your laundry for you i have to you know put it in a pile like maybe even put it in the machine but i don't know um i don't even know how to operate the dryer yeah and i don't know how much <laughs> like detergent goes in the wash so i've not I, like And she wouldn't trust me. She'd think I would break it. He
0: does it, but I have to, like, bring it to her. Okay, so let's get back to uh, Jerry and Kramer. And uh, Jerry says, we need to give the chicken or the rooster to Marcelino so we can get the the bounce check back from Marcelino. I mean, this is really a big ask for Jerry. We need to give your pet to the guy that owns the bodega so we can take down this bounce check. Well, how much does a chicken cost? Mm, I don't know. One that's not alive is like, uh, you know, uh, I feel like $10.
1: Right. Yeah. How much could a chicken possibly cost? That's true. Now, this is a prize fighting chicken, which is different. But I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I guess Jerry could just pay him for the value of the, of the chicken. Right. Is this something that our correspondent
0: will answer? How much does a chicken cost? Which correspondent? The, ch- the correspondent that's like out in the world buying things.
1: No, oh no. I I don't that would be like a more specific, you know, like a specific correspondent than just like random dude on the street everyone but us.
0: Yeah. Uh let's see. Uh how much does a live chicken cost? I think a live chicken costs between $15 and $25 uh based on a uh a quick Google search.
1: Why are dead chickens so cheap then?
0: Hmm. I guess the live ones are more expensive cuz they can make eggs? I guess, yeah. The investment yeah. in the eggs Which you're going to get.
1: It's a little weird, but I hear you.
0: Yeah. Maybe this is like a pedigree live chicken.
1: Uh, And again, this is a chicken like this. And and what
0: I would like to say that people that uh, should not go out and spend money on a pedigree chicken. uh, There are plenty of shelter chickens available that need homes. So I I, that is the firm policy of this podcast. People should uh, go out and adopt shelter chickens and not uh, spend money on a pedigree chicken.
1: You're right yeah you don't want you there's there's you know all these factories that that like they'll uh you know there are people mating chickens they'll put like the yeah it's, it is bad but yeah little jerry seinfeld is like the ronda rousey of chicken so he's got <laughs> there's more value similar to ronda rousey like started off strong and undefeated and is now like no longer fight in the fighting game but um you know this at this point it has, in this point of the episode it has like a pretty serious value to it okay
0: sounds good and so uh I like this, that Kramer gets on Jerry like, you know what? You are jealous of little Jerry, that you are a has-been. Your career is going nowhere. You're trying to block his star because he's doing something with that name that you never could. <laughs> Very insulting.
1: Yeah, but I guess it runs along with, I mean, this guy just bounced a $40 check and didn't justify it to anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, you know, the, the, the chicken is literally doing better than Jerry. He doesn't even have $40 in his bank account.
0: Okay, this is uh, maybe my favorite scene in the episode with George and uh, the warden uh, about the hearing uh, that that George has been listed as a character witness and uh, he's talking about uh, Celia and uh, what is his opinion of her at the jail. And uh, the the wordplay and sort of like uh, the subtleness of what he's saying is really fantastic.
1: Yeah, it is really subtle. I actually made that note that it's like, You know, they could have gone like really cartoonish, like George with some scheme, but he did do it subtly, where it didn't seem like he was throwing under the bridge so much.
0: Yeah, Uh, and it's uh, very, very fun. We get to see uh, that she's asking him, like, oh, like, uh, how would you describe her? Like, oh, she's you know very smart, very crafty. Uh, He's talking about uh, like uh, she talked about what she's gonna do, and she gets oh, lot plans, schemes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh and back with the gang get, yeah she's gonna get back together with the gang uh and uh the woman uh starts to uh you know really uh shudder about uh she's like oh what? what is this she's making a weird face okay
1: so, so she wasn't in a gang she was embezzling she was probably like working at some accounting firm and you know she wasn't like a gangster on the street yeah
0: okay uh marcelino it's gonna come and pay Jerry a visit at his house. Does do you want Marcelino from the bodega and the cockfights visiting you in the apartment?
1: Um, Who buzzed in Marcelino? Yeah, well, listen, anyone's buzzing anybody. Yeah, um, I, you know, but yeah, Marcelino. Listen, Marcelino's a made man. First of all, anyone's letting him into into this building. Okay, but yeah, he's this, he's not the type of guy you want showing up at your door.
0: Yeah, here's what Marcelino wants. He'll take down the bounce check anyway for Jerry and uh in return you could do me a favor that day is today he needs marcelino to take a dive in the third round uh marcelino says uh i don't really think you could make a rooster take a dive marcelino says you can uh keeve this is where i think we're, we're really starting to go off the rails you mean right like what
1: what does that mean like we need to establish what does it mean for um the rooster to take a dive like are you just pulling it out of harm's way, like throwing the towel? I guess that makes sense.
0: Like we were sort of like uh, we had maybe like one toe still in reality of that. Kramer has a chicken that's somehow in a cockfighting ring. Now we have people who think that we can have uh, animals throwing cockfights. Well,
1: I don't think he wants the animal to quit.
0: Like, I don't think there's rounds in the cockfight.
1: That's true. It was clearly established that it's five seconds, max.
0: <laughs> so that's a mistake. Right. Uh, And this isn't like Kramer and Newman hatch this plan. Like Marcelino, who runs the cockfighting ring, is uh, planning this uh, battle to have. And then but then like that, he wants little Jerry to throw the fight. But then he brings in this ringer that's going to kill little Jerry anyway by the end.
1: Yeah. What if they like hurt um, little Jerry on purpose? Like they gave him a minor injury, which is essentially, you know, having him lose.
0: Uh. I don't know how you can make it to round three. Right. How does he
1: make it to round three? The issue is the round three. Mm-hmm. He could take a dive in the first second.
0: Yeah. It's a good question. It's all all good questions. And this is where, you know, things are starting to become increasingly unbelievable. So we then see George with Kurt and uh, that George is like giving him the prognosis and uh, he gives him the good news. He saw some pretty good coverage, but he says that uh, maybe 14 months, 10 months until He's going to be uh, completely bald. Uh, now, Jason Alexander is not completely bald.
1: No, I think completely bald means like most the majority of your hair is gone. That's what completely bald is, I think.
0: Right. And so they're pointing to him. They keep making fun of Jason Alexander is obviously a good sport throughout this whole thing. But he's saying like, uh, you know, you have 10 months until you'll be me. Yeah.
1: 10, 14, which comes back into play a bunch
0: of times. Yes. Uh, and he says, uh, what can I do? He says you You can live like it's the last year of your life because basically it is (laughs) (laughs) all right and uh there's a knock at the door uh it's celia she she broke out of jail she didn't get paroled and so she just decided to pop in
1: i mean it's a very minimum security prison i'm sure leaving is probably easy
0: yeah all right so we go to elaine's house here's kurt wedding ring will you marry me yeah that was fast that was fast yes look he's gotta live like he's dying And his move was to propose to Elaine.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, this is your last chance at getting an Elaine-level lady.
0: But here's the thing. The episode starts with Kurt. He has an Elaine-level lady. He shaves his head. Nobody's, like, batting an eye on this. Again, 1997, it's a little early for this. I think that this look is going to become even more popular as the years go on. He's ahead of the curve. He's got this look. Elaine's not even thinking twice until somebody says something. So she sees a picture of him with the hair. Who cares if Kurt shaves his head? Why does he have to let his balding hair grow back in?
1: It's, a, it's an interesting question. I'm not sure. I don't really get like the when she didn't when she thought he was bald, it wasn't a big deal. But now she knows that he's not. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. So the fact that he can't grow hair is somehow off putting to Elaine. But to uh, to a normal person, I don't know if this would be a deal breaker.
1: Elaine's well, not normal? No. I mean, she's probably the most normal person we
0: got. She probably, but she's still a mean, crazy person. That's true. That's true. So we go to see Jerry and Kramer uh, that they are working on training little Jerry uh, that they've got like some like uh, what do you call those, sparring gloves?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Some sort of boxing gloves. I don't know if they have separate sparring gloves for chickens, but this is really funny.
0: Yeah. Uh, George is going to show up. Hey, uh, guess what? That, uh, little Jerry, uh, ran to Newman's house in 30 (laughs) seconds. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Is it? Who knows? Nobody knows. Uh, the
1: stairs. Like, did they give him a map? How did this work? I don't know. I think he just ran down the hallway. Yeah. But Newman's is not on their floor. Newman's on their floor. Then who's Jerry calling up to?
0: I don't know that. Well, that we don't know, but I'm pretty sure that that's always like a, like that. Jerry is what? It's like five. A, I think that Newman is like 5E. I think that Newman is like right down the hall. I always Why Newman would Jerry care off. if Newman just lived on a different floor? Well, same building. They still see each other a lot. And that, you don't have an arch nemesis that lives on a different floor, Kev.
1: I mean, you could have an arch nemesis in a different country in theory.
0: I guess in theory, but uh, let's see. What is Newman's uh, apartment number? Uh, According to the Google, yeah, Newman lives in 5F, which was directly down the hall from Jerry's apartment 5A.
1: But I think Jerry references coming up, like going upstairs at least once.
0: Yes. However, there were many inconsistencies regarding who lived in 5E. In the season seven episode, The Engagement, Newman's apartment is 5E. But Newman always lives on the same floor. Then who who are are they? How is Jerry calling up to Kramer? Is he on the roof? He might be on the roof training the chicken. That might be part that's gotta of That's got to be it. It there must be a
1: deleted scene or something.
0: Deleted dialogue that that's where they're training uh, the chicken. Like, they couldn't do it on the street. I guess he's going to get hit by a car. <laughs>
1: so interesting. <laughs> I okay. wish Crittenden was on Twitter because I, I have a, we have a lot of questions for Crittenden. We do himself, have a lot of so. questions
0: for the writer. Okay. So, George is trying to explain about how so he's got something better than uh, conjugal visit sex. He's got the fugitive in his home. He had fugitive sex. Now it's like every time. And and Jerry says, look, this is getting to be a little too much for me. Escaped convicts, fugitive sex. I got a cockfight to focus on.
1: Yeah, it's really a great line. There's a bunch of like pretty subtly like awesome lines in this episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had read a review of this episode that's on the avclub.com where uh, they referenced that piece of dialogue and uh, wanted to know whether or not it was a meta piece of dialogue. Considering all of the craziness in this episode, just this idea of, look, like, uh, th- there's a lot going on here. This is a little too much for me. Uh, were the writers sort of nodding to this idea of how fantastical this episode is?
1: I think so. I think at a certain point uh, they realize they're they're making a meta joke here. Yes. OK,
0: so Elaine is dealing with Kurt and uh, there's that she needs some fiance time. She needs uh, 10 to 14 months to uh, really uh, be a fiance before she gets to the altar. Yeah. I mean, does he want to get married right away? Mm, yeah, I, I can guess that he wants to sort of like lock her up. To, like, a long-term contract, uh, considering his uh, prognosis. Yeah, it's but, like, isn't locking her up just, like,
1: putting a ring on it? Like, they have to actually, like, elope or something?
0: Yeah, I guess so. I guess that he's really, you know, living in the now. He's really going for it, this card. Listen, I mean, good for him.
1: Yeah, you should lock up a lane, but I, I feel like you have to have a strategy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so Elaine says that she needs a, a lot of time. She needs uh, making her friends jealous time. So uh, she looks back at the ring again. But again, uh, it by the end of the episode, she's giving the ring back to him. So I guess she did say yes. Um, yeah. And the yeah. cockfight also, she's saying that yeah. she's getting married.
1: Yeah. She was said she was considering it. But but I think she did say like she took the ring. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So here we go, Keeve. Let's go to the big cockfight set piece <laughs> the core four is at a cockfight at three thirty in the morning uh in some like where, Do we have any sense of where they are yeah, it's the back of the bodega back of the bodega okay
1: i should add that outside of monks it is very rare to see all four of them together
0: yes and here we are kiev eight seasons ago we could not fathom a scenario where these four characters would be at some sort of underground cockfight, but here we are. Um, Jerry is talking to Elaine about her engagement, and he's like, are you really going to go through with this? And, she, you know, it's you know, a big step, and uh, she basically says to him, like, hey, it's 3.30 in the morning, I'm going to have cockfight. I'm not really uh, too worried about upsetting the status quo. Right. This is rock bottom for her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> yeah, her exact line is, uh, it's 3.30 in the morning. I'm at a cockfight. What am I clinging to? <laughs> right. So uh, here comes George. Uh, Celia uh, couldn't make it. She's not really that into sports. And uh, Kramer is uh, really uh, pumped up for little Jerry uh, that he's got the $50 from uh, his parents also.
1: Right. Or a check. We don't know if he deposits it, but they sent the check.
0: Okay. All right. So the the bird that Marcelino has brought in, it looks like a dog with a glove on its head. The
1: Marcelino's Ecuadorian bird. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's a ringer like it's a different weight class than uh, than Little Jerry. So what's Marcelino trying to pull here? He's betting on the bird. He's bringing in a ringer bird. I guess people are betting. On, some people are going to bet on Larry, Little Jerry because he's been a dominant fighter but Marcelino is going to clean up with this Ecuadorian bird, but there must be so much money being bet for it to be worth it to fly this special bird in just from Ecuador.
0: But wouldn't you think that this gigantic bird, I mean, do you think that like a lot of people are like, Oh, what's the status of the, uh, Sabre metrics of, uh, cockfighting where you have the bird that's three times the size of the other bird. I, I mean, are there, is there a lot what of money going on? little the, Jeremy? Yeah.
1: What if people placed the bets before they saw Marcelino's bird? That's what I'm thinking.
0: I mean, what, you're just going off of a name? I guess he's he doing horse racing. Yeah,
1: people Yeah, people doing horse racing. People are not betting against Marcelino's bird. They, they're they betting on like the new you know, flashy kid in town, and that's little Jerry Seinfeld.
0: Well, here's what would have been the move for Marcelino. You get this Ecuadorian bird to take the fall, and yeah. you get everybody betting on him, and then it's like that South Park where it was, what, uh, the boxing match between uh, Satan and Jesus, right? Yes, exactly like that. <laughs> so that Marcelino could have really cleaned up. That's not right. what he happened.
1: Sh- he should have thrown. The problem is then the bird actually could get like hurt or ruined. Yeah, and then how do you explain that to like the whole Ecuadorian crew. I uh,
0: that I don't know. That I don't know. I look. I, I know nothing about this cockfighting. Uh, yeah,
1: Marcelino is like a big fish in the cockfighting world, but he's not the biggest. You know, Don King of cockfights. A- he's not the Don King. There's so he reports to someone. He's got a boss.
0: The Dana White of cockfighting. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, Back at George's house uh, So allegedly Our core four is at a cockfight At 3.30 in the morning Celia is uh, Still up That she's at, at awake in the middle of the night So is Kurt He shows up to say uh, Hey where's George He wants to talk to him And uh, followed uh, very quickly by the police Of
1: course, obviously, you you should just show up at George's house at three thirty looking for him, right?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Must have been a good fight. He's not back yet. I mean, what time of day is this? It's three thirty at night. Unless unless they're not happening concurrently. I mean, it. I mean, unless that they go out. Is this like the time shifted? uh, Where is this the morning? Is this like you know nine a.m. that George isn't home yet? Do they go to the diner after the cockfight? Maybe. Maybe it's like five six a.m. or something. Okay. Um, and so again, nobody sleeps here and the detectives show up. Sorry to bother you, Mr. Costanza. Uh, well, well, look who's here. It's Celia and, uh, you are under arrest for aiding and abetting a known fugitive.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, it's really amazing that Kurt gets arrested, but George has really escaped scot free here.
0: Yeah. He gets arrested and he's saying, I'm not George Costanza. And the detective says, save it. We know you're bald. We know it's you. Let's <laughs> go. What? <laughs> I guess they
1: were told, like, you look out for George. He's a bold, uh, you know, short man. And they just saw the bold hair and they took him.
0: That's it. That's it. And I don't understand how there seems to be no repercussions for George Costanza. And then Kurt stays in jail. Listen, often a ro- the wrong man is in prison. This is
1: like pretty common. In
0: society. Yeah. and This should be serial season three. That's true. What happened to
1: this guy? And like, then he, he got into this fight and like. It's almost like if you get a penalty after a bad call and it's like, but what if the one, you know, they take the call off the board and it's like, hey, I wouldn't have punched him if not for the penalty. So why am I getting this penalty? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or if I got like if I got a celebration penalty on a touchdown and they take the touchdown away, the penalty doesn't
0: go away. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so we see Kramer trying to reach for little Jerry. Uh, Jerry is in, uh, everybody's in slow motion. He's yelling Kramer. Elaine says, stop the fight. George holds up a finger for the tamale. And uh, we see Marcelino's uh, rooster come in and start pecking at Kramer.
1: More Kramer than little Jerry.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The end of the episode proper. Uh, We come back for the, uh, the tag. And Elaine is visiting Kurt in jail. Now, let's see if we can try to get a sense of what happened here. Elaine asks him, why did you get in a fistfight with the cop? You were innocent. Okay. Kurt says, they thought I was George. I'm not that bald. I have too little time left to take that kind of crap. So I slugged him.
1: Right. So the, the officer, who I believe came in carrying a gun, clearly, um, you know, says, hey, you're, uh, you know, you're George Costanza. He says, no, I'm, I'm not. He says, yep, you're bald, George is bald, and and he's so offended by the bald thing that he punches a cop in the face.
0: That's right, because he only has 10 to 14 months before he loses his hair, so he's got a no time like the present, Keeve. Spend that time in jail. Yeah. (laughs) A men's penitentiary. Okay. And uh, then that's the end of the episode. Elaine puts the ring back in. George gets no sort of blood on his hands on any of this. Nope. The cop, listen. Once the cops have their man, they don't go looking for other suspects. Like open and shut case. This guy is bald, so that's it. He's bald. He's in George Costanza's apartment. This is our guy. Listen, the cops were told. I read something that like that you're supposed to close all cases back
1: then in the mid 90s between like 48 and 72 hours, and that's yeah. it. It's all about that.
0: Yeah. What's that? Comstat. You gotta get the comp stats. Stat, yes. Yeah is gonna get you to throw up all throw off all the stats if you don't uh, close the case.
1: That's right, copper met saber metrics for cops or whatever it is.
0: <laughs> all right, Kev, uh, there it is, the little Jerry. I guess let's uh, talk this through. Uh, what about Jerry's storyline with the bounce check at the bodega? Um, I guess if you're not including
1: Little Jerry for Jerry, and you're that's Kramer's storyline. Yeah bounce check the bodega is really just a means to an end it's not bad but it's it's a setup storyline right
0: i guess so i mean for me that there's uh not too much that comes out of jerry's bounce checks uh you know that he says that the, the, they got sent to him by mistake well why is he using them why does it like, i have too many questions if anything i'll say the best i can say it's incomplete
1: yeah incomplete b b minus either you know it it definitely sets up other parts of the episode, so I don't right. hate it that much, but they really should have answered why he why he mounts the check too. That's bothering us.
0: What about Kramer with the little Jerry?
1: I think it's got to be an A.
0: An A. Definitely an A. I think so. I will give it a B. I mean, there You're are You're bothered definitely- by how
1: unrealistic it is, but that doesn't yes. bother me.
0: Well, I don't know if I need to reset this point because I've made it, you know, a number of times along the way, but this is not Seinfeld. Like, where I feel like that we cross a line where this is an it's always sunny subplot this is not a Seinfeld subplot
1: I usually agree with you
0: but I don't think the
1: idea of like if it wasn't illegal like I would go to some like poker club in, in a bodega three thirty a.m and I don't do anything so why okay. wouldn't these guys go to a cockfight
0: okay they're not just going to a cockfight They are training a rooster to be in a kind Well
1: they aren't training it as much as Kramer, who's a crazy person.
0: Jerry is training a rooster.
1: Sometimes Jerry is a come with guy and he participates in Kramer's capers. But that doesn't mean that, you know, it's Jerry's idea. Like Kramer does wacky things.
0: Look. George is doing a, you know, a, a very Seinfeld plot of, you know, oh, he's thinking about dating a, a woman in prison. You know, that that very much is a Seinfeld plot. Jerry says, i sorry, George, I don't have time for this. I have to train a rooster for a cockfight.
1: I mean, he got involved once he's, uh, you know, it gets his competitive spirits. Jerry likes sports. Celia does not like sports, so she doesn't uh, like cockfighting.
0: <laughs> I guess so. All right. We're on a lane with the balding boyfriend. I didn't hate him, um
1: but there's no real home run out of there uh I, The last scene is actually one of the better sort of like out of nowhere last scenes,
0: yeah, uh, so I give uh, I'll give it a b I'll give it a b minus I feel like that the i don't know why Elaine just can't date the guy if she was if she started dating him when he has no hair, i don't know why finding out that he is uh not able to grow hair is such a deal breaker. him being in jail that's a deal breaker
1: There's a lot of holes in this episode, and there are some plots that don't go anywhere. And it's unrealistic, but there's also a lot of really funny parts. Yeah. Like, you know, George just yelling to Molly. I remember cracking up the first time I saw that.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff where it's like uh, any other show uh, we would, you know, they they execute very well, even though the, these things are really just ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, like let's see last week with Kramer's becoming a dog when he's taking the dog medicine. Uh, then let's go to George uh, dating the ex con or the, uh, she ultimately is the uh, current con
1: current con again x once in four, once in future con um i like to see in the library there's no bad scene with them it's really funny i'll give this an a
0: okay i give it an a too uh it's a lot of fun all around so keeve in your overall rankings i feel like you're saying you're signaling uh that you're uh pretty high on this i'll say 58 okay i'm higher than that but uh
1: you didn't how lie. high 43 43
0: wow top 50
1: yeah, top fifty episode to me. I, I just love the idea of the cockfight, um, and there are definitely some funny jokes in here.
0: Okay, all right, uh, Keith, Let's dip into our Seinfeld post show recap mailbag. Seinfeld at postshowrecaps. dot com, and uh, let's kick things off with Johnny DeSilvera, who says, "I know Kurt assaulted the cop and should still serve jail time, but why was George able to get away with the initial charge of aiding and abetting?" Well, we just explain it, Johnny. Listen, first of all,
1: they also the jail thinks that like George is some rich, fancy guy. So, you know, I, I feel like they have like good feelings about George.
0: Yeah. OK, Craig from Vancouver wants to. Know, is there anybody in your lives that's a pop in guy?
1: My wife just popped in and scared the hell out of me. If yeah,
0: my somewhere. wife like pops into my office sometimes. Does that count?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't think the person who lives in your house could be a pop in guy. OK, I do try and get everyone else to knock because like the lock isn't great on this door <laughs> um, to my office, but no one has ever respected it once. They don't respect um, the lock. They don't respect the lock. Um I did have it when I lived near him in New York, my, I had a friend who would come by constantly. He would be a popping guy.
0: Uh, unannounced? Uh, I think that's
1: why I moved. Unannounced. I think that's why I moved. Uh, I, I also a couple move. of times had like random students like um who went to school at the like after I taught them in high school and then they went to a college right by my house, they would just like show up at random times. Like, what are you doing at like eleven o'clock on a Friday night? Uh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like what
0: does Caleb from Atlanta have to say?
1: He says it's possible to meet an inmate and have a romantic connection. Check out meetaninmate.com for details.
0: Okay, Is not click on it. Is that a real site?
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't click on it, but I don't want my wife to like come in and like be like, uh, "Why are your last two websites meetinmate.com and uh, you know, I don't know yeah. what the other one would be."
0: Okay, so lonely inmates in the USA seek pen pals.
1: Yeah, I, pen pal. I feel like that's something from like a nineteen ninety seven Seinfeld episode. Yeah, less so.
0: I don't know. This website looks a little sketchy. Uh, there's a disclaimer I'm on shocked. the website. Uh, <laughs> the disclaimer says we meet accept accept no responsibility for the accuracy of any content found within these pages. The appropriate safeguards should be used in communicating with any persons that you meet through the service. By using the service, you agree to not hold us responsible for any costs, liabilities, attorney's fee, or damages that you may incur. The ads placed on my service are written by the inmates, and we are the only means by which their ads are published. To use this service, you must be 18 years of age. I'm, I'm, I, we, yeah, we do not endorse it either,
1: the uh, the host of this podcast.
0: Yeah. Lindsay wants to know, uh, my parents own a farm and have six hens. One started breaking eggs. Is that, is that like the that's the term, breaking eggs? Yeah.
1: Listen, she's a farm girl. She knows her, her terminology better than us.
0: Okay. Uh, she says, one started breaking eggs, so she has basically become a pet that just roams the farm and naps uh, with the cows and stuff. Her name is Hannibal.
1: No, oh, no. Breaking eggs means like it, it has eggs, but then it breaks them. So I guess it can't have it lay eggs. Wait, I'm not it
0: sure. It has eggs and then breaks them or it's like going around breaking the other eggs.
1: No. Well, then why would they just have her roam? They would like get rid of her. No, it breaks its own eggs.
0: Yeah, but that's why they made it a pet. They said, oh, you can't play nice with the other uh, hens. No, but no, maybe it's like we're not
1: impregnating you or however. I don't know how hens get pregnant yeah. or whatever.
0: Breaking eggs. What's that? Hannibal is a funny for? name, though. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> breaking eggs uh hen we You're should really
1: so get lindsey's canadian i think we should really get a um we should have like a like a podcast trip like a class trip to lindsey's parents farm that sounds fun
0: yeah what um, about they, a live
1: podcast from lindsey's parents farm
0: mm, that's a good uh sure yeah, yeah. i Lindsay, think we let us to, know. you know uh, yeah Let lindsey let us know what you mean when breaking the eggs
1: yeah let's start with that but is then literal uh, is that code right also uh how's you know what's the setup for a live podcast at the farm
0: <laughs> and that's, why that's are we the doing Wi-Fi. the seinfeld podcast from a farm doesn't have to be
1: seinfeld it could be a survivor podcast it could be anything <laughs> i think it would be fun to go to the farm <laughs> doing one trip okay what about garrett garrett he has a special place in his heart for this episode when it first aired his mom was in labor giving birth to him and it was a brief relief for her during an aggravating 23 hours in labor that's pretty amazing so uh this is i guess this you know what was was it january 9th yeah that's his birthday or maybe his birthday was the 10th because it was a long labor uh secondly he lived in key west for a long time which was a hub for cockfighting yeah even now walking down the streets families of chickens are seen walking down the street as part of the legacy wow part of the legacy of cockfights i guess it's like when the bloods or the crips are there and you have like the sneakers on the wire that's the same Mm -hmm. thing for the for the cock for the for the chickens
0: wow okay Uh, Here's Travis, who says, uh, we're used to fashion and technology dating the show, but the idea of writing a check in a bodega is so weird in 2017. Chuck Lorre would never allow the plot of one of his shows to center on writing a bad check and ruin its evergreen status for syndication. Right, Akiva? That's correct, Travis. Also, back in the early days of our marriage, about the time that The Little Jerry first aired, Abby forgot to order new checks a couple times, so I got Looney Tunes checks out of spite. After six months of Tweety and Sylvester, she was on top of it next time around. So uh, checks for spite—I need to get my wife Star Trek checks, and then she would <laughs> oh, never. Would be <laughs> she would never write them. Uh, she would be so embarrassed that she, she wouldn't said, spend I'm any spending, money. That's pretty. Yeah, good. she wouldn't spend any money. That's they really good. Get her a Star Trek debit card.
1: So this is so th- this episode is when they got married. It's their anniversary. It's Happy the anniversary. It's birthday for Garrett, and I didn't include this, but Caleb from Atlanta—he was born. With the day this episode aired. Oh, my God. Show, no, when they was filmed. Filmed Kale's birthday. Born Garrett's birthday. Married Travis and Abby's. Uh, and then we
0: podcast know. about it today.
1: Right. Oh, I was going to say Which that Lindsay like was conceived during this episode. Yeah. Who was okay. conceived? I don't know. Lindsay Chester's One of these. People. Chester
0: was conceived during this episode. <laughs> Hopefully not. I don't know. <laughs> That's <a> horrible.
1: <hard>
0: <laughs> that, uh, he'd be 20. <laughs>
1: oh yeah that's true that's true
0: <laughs> okay all right uh here is uh matt in massachusetts who says uh how could a minimum security facility allow george to be a character reference george has only gone out of there twice they barely know each other he's rich they'll let rich, he
1: donated something to the rich? library he's like i'm sa- like in their minds he's a vip yeah, of, I the, guess of, so. of the of, of the of the prison okay all right what about pat in ohio he says, "Isn't Elaine a huge hypocrite for rejecting, for demanding that George loses Toupee, and then and then reject Kurt because he's going bald? So she wants George to be bald, but she won't let Kurt be bald. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, I guess it's a hypocrite, but uh, she's not dating George,
1: right? And listen, we know that she's a hypocrite. Like these, you know, that should be the worst thing you ever say about her. Like she's a monster.
0: Yeah, uh, which we've established, and she's even the nicest person in the group, and she's still like, uh, well,
1: know, no, she's the most normal. I think Kramer's the nicest. She's the most normal. I guess so." Okay. All right. So Amir says towards the end of this episode, Jerry says, George is a little too much for me. Escape convicts, fugitive sex. I got a cockfight to focus on. While Amir absolutely loves season eight, after recent episodes where Kramer morphs into a dog and George smashes 400 foot home runs. I wonder if there's a meta commentary by the writers acknowledging that the show has changed, that the hilarious plot lines are potentially a bit too insane and outlandish. So he's saying exactly what you're saying, but he's going further and saying more the state of the show rather than the state of the episode.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know how much there were conversations in the writer's room, and I don't know, maybe if they felt like, okay, well, it's the last season, we can do this, and then it turned out to not be the last season, but, you know, we are definitely way past a show about nothing.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. Amir says, is the George plotline the new winner for worst thing that these people have ever done? George intentionally lies to keep a parole-deserving, reformed woman incarcerated, strictly for the purpose of maintaining a relationship that works for him. I have to think this is the worst that any of them have ever done. Do we know that she's reformed? Yeah, we don't know that. I mean, she escaped from jail immediately. Like, that yeah. doesn't kind of check in her favor.
0: Uh, I still say that calling Marissa Tomei the day after Susan died uh, might be the worst thing.
1: I mean, socially, that's pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah. ethically, is that worse?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. That Maybe that he could argue that the sentence wasn't strict enough, that, you know, she embezzled this money. Right. You know, so uh, not sure. But the, um, you know. You know, where he was may have been responsible for Susan's uh, death. You know, not great. Not a great look for George. No. OK. Uh, and then Chester is back with us once again. He says a timely episode for the first podcast in the Chinese year of the rooster. Who knew? OK, so Chester, why doesn't Jerry just grab the check from Marcelino's register and crumple it up? Because uh, Marcelino is a bad dude.
1: Yeah. No, you don't mess with Marcelino. That's the last thing. He'd break that arm and then you took it off the, the
0: shelf. Chester also wants to know, how was Marcelino's cockfighting ring not broken up by the police yet? It's not very secretive. He talks about it openly with random customers in his bodega.
1: I mean, again, he's a made man. Who do, Don't you think the cops are getting a piece of the action, Chester? Yeah, I'm surprised the police aren't there. Yeah. Oh, there might be undercover cops there or, or look, out of uniform cops who are gambling on the cockfighting.
0: Yeah. All right. And then Elaine says that she needs some make my girlfriend's jealous time, but she doesn't have any single girlfriends with the possible exception of Sue Ellen Mischke, who's dating Rick Giuliani's periodontist. So it would be unlikely to be jealous of Elaine for getting engaged to some bald loser who Sue Ellen (laughs) knows Elaine just met since she saw Elaine with Ben just two episodes ago.
1: That's actually a decent point by Chester.
0: And then finally, George tells Celia you're the best after a date and gives her a mock punch to the cheek like you would an eight year old boy for a show that has previously analyzed the least sexual physical interactions on a date. This seems near the top of the list. Is there a no touching rule? Is it like going to the Arrested Development thing?
1: Well, it, in jail, there should be no touching. But this jail has no rules. I mean, they're serving them tea.
0: Yeah. So uh, good questions all around, Keith. Good job by uh, Chester. I'm happy Chester is back.
1: I mean, I'm fine that he's back, but, you know, that, let's not let's not get him, have him get a big head.
0: Yeah. OK, not too big. No, no bigger than normal. No. OK. All right, Keeve. Um So th- 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 here we are. Halfway done with season eight. Halfway done with season eight like that? Oh, man. Just like that. This podcast more is going to be yeah. over in the blink of an eye. All right. Don't sound too sad. OK. All right. Keeve, uh, what's the hashtag today? let's go with star trek checks oh good perfect so i need to uh, look into that so i can uh, replace my wife's uh, check and debit card uh with that it's going to be a money saving scheme like no other
1: it is a really funny idea honestly (laughs) you should do it
0: (laughs) she would be so mad (laughs) so angry it's like an april
1: April fool's day prank
0: (laughs) yes uh but it would really end up with you know, just like uh, her, like, violently angry.
1: By the way, um, we buried the lead on this whole podcast. Oh, what was it? One half of us is verified now on Twitter.
0: Yes, that is, uh, in fact, the case.
1: Uh, congratulations. Is it possible to ver- to verify one half of a podcast but not the other half? Uh,
0: apparently, yeah. It seems like it. I mean,
1: I feel like you have a lot of connections at, at verified now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they you know, they won't just verify Anybody, you know, I think uh, my biggest gets,
1: nightmare is like Chester knows someone who knows someone and he gets verified yeah. before. No,
0: me. that's a possibility. I mean, he's friends with uh Dershowitz.
1: You think Dersh could get him?
0: Uh, <laughs> sure, he's got <laughs> a lot of Dersh pull. Even on Twitter, he's got a lot of pull. Uh, did you get to a thousand followers yet? I no, I'm you not. gotta there. get to, I think you gotta get to a thousand to get. So verified.
1: once I get to a thousand, you think they'll verify me? You think that's what told them now yep. I
0: think they'll consider it once you get to a thousand.
1: All right, so once we get to a thousand, I'll have I'll have uh someone put in a good word for me.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh all good stuff, Keep. What's going up next week? By the way,
1: Dirish himself isn't even verified. I don't know how, <laughs> how he's gonna
0: <getting> just <laughs> But he knows people
1: who are. Oh, no question. Uh next week uh we got the jerk store. It's the comeback. We got Milos, tennis player, and uh it's a lot of fun. What a great episode yeah. next
0: week. No, I really am excited for uh next week's episode, uh the jerk store. One of my favorites, I think. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I believe that that subplot I think is one of my favorites. Uh, so uh, yeah, I I am planning on having some shrimp over Super Bowl weekend, Keith. Why? Because it's, it's delicious. I'm sorry, I don't. Oh, I don't want to brag or anything.
1: No, I just I'm not, I don't know. Is like shrimp a big Super Bowl food? Not that I know of.
0: Uh, it's 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 good. You know, I'm gonna. Uh right now also uh, I ordered a uh, pizza stone on uh Amazon. Gonna uh, we're gonna cook some pizza. Who's we? Me and me. Uh, me and uh my lovely uh culinary goddess uh the first lady of podcasting.
1: So it's just the two of you. So it's it's too late to invite Rob to a Super Bowl. Party.
0: Yes. And my kids also will be there.
1: OK, that's at least cute. If do they can they watch a football game yet? Your older son.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That uh, I like to talk to Dominic about the uh, the Patriots and how uh, we have to root against the bad guys who cheat all the time.
1: Are you worried he's going to become a Ram or a Chargers fan?
0: Why? Because no, no, nobody cares about them. <laughs> But no, I, I know. Bet, uh, I do, you know, re- really like to ask him about uh, what do you think of the Patriots. He's like, oh, they're big cheaters, Dad. Big cheaters. That's <laughs> right. Big cheaters. <laughs> That's right. They break. <laughs> they don't even care about the rules. How inflated the ball should be. Forget it. They break the rules all the time. Major, major rule breakers. But that being said, uh, very fun uh, walk through the little Jerry today, Kev. Yeah. Good time was had by all. Congratulations
1: on being verified again. What an honor.
0: Thank you. Thank you. How many times do you think you said, I mean, today?
1: Oh, I see. It's weird because the guy emailed and said, I said it 49 times two weeks ago. But it's not something that I tracked. Like, if somebody says you say um too much, I try not to say um, but... I didn't even know I said it, so I haven't. So I, that guy hasn't written back. Maybe I shamed him into going away.
0: <laughs> yeah, we never <laughs> verified that. We need uh Falconer to get on. The, let us know if that's actual uh, factual news.
1: Yeah, we haven't really Falconer really has, has been. I don't know what he's up to. He's planning some wedding or something. <laughs> yeah, but we need we need him uh, at our service more.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much to Mike Moore. Uh, hopefully he still recaps the episode, even after I taught my kid that the Patriots are huge cheaters. Uh, yeah, sorry,
1: the Patriots they, lost 34-3 to the uh, Falcons. Mike. <laughs> 34-3? Oh, my God, what a blowout.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll choke on my pizza if that happens. <laughs> All right. Uh, then also, uh, thanks so much to Scott St. Pierre, who tirelessly edits the Seinfeld post-show recap, counting down the weeks until we reach the finale coming up. When. Do we have a target date? Do we know what the date is going to be? The finale? Yes.
1: If we don't miss an episode, then I think we said September twentieth but September 20th. we'll probably miss one or two between now okay. and then
0: all right so uh well only eight months away, Keith.
1: yeah, we gotta start you know planning our goodbyes
0: okay all right uh thanks again for listening everybody you can subscribe host dot com slash Seinfeld Take think everybody hit the one bye